Matthew chapter 10, verses 40 to 42. Listen for the word of God as it touches your hearts, your minds, and your souls. Whoever welcomes you welcomes me. And whoever welcomes me welcomes the one who sent me. Whoever welcomes a prophet in the name of a prophet will receive a prophet's reward. And whoever welcomes a righteous person in the name of a righteous person will receive the reward of the righteous. And whoever gives even a cup of cold water to one of these little ones in the name of a disciple, truly, I tell you, none of these will lose their reward. This is the word of God for the people of God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In just a few short sentences of power and compassion, we're challenged to think more deeply about what is meant by welcoming one another. It's only after doing so that we discover, that you and I can discover the reward that comes from the deep hospitality found in God's welcome of us. In today's reading, we see how compassionate welcome, compassionate welcome, or hospitality is a form of service to Christ. We realize that this welcome canon should be performed by us at any time, anywhere, and any place. It's not a complicated act with theological questions and underpinnings and debate. It doesn't take an army of people to do it, just like I taught this morning. It is not a complicated process. It's not a complicated program. Christian hospitality is simple. Basic acts of kindness we perform in genuine welcome of one another. And that is all that God asks of each and every one of us. We must look around us to see and recognize who is in need and then do something about it. I believe that we must do hospitality, you and I. We must do hospitality to everyone and for everyone, regardless of their need, because we may not see that need at all. We may not know the hurt that, or pain that someone is feeling even this morning. They may have received a speeding ticket coming to church. Because it's communion, I'll skip that illustration. Perhaps they had a spat with their spouse before they came here. Perhaps the kids weren't quite as cooperative as they should have been. Or perhaps you just woke up grumpy this morning. It's just, it's just at that moment, it's just at that moment when the face of Christ must be put forward. It's that very instance when we welcome none other than Jesus Christ. 
Indeed, those, those distractions, those tickets, those arguments, those, that grumpiness, that, those, those distractions cause us to take our eye off of the prize and the ministry that you and I are called to do. Distractions do that. Distractions cause us to waste time, energy. Generally, distractions just bring us down. And when we get down, we drop our guard. Have you ever dropped your guard? Huh? Yeah, I, oh man. When I'm on steroids, I have, to drop, I have to be really careful about dropping that guard. When we get down, we drop our guard, and the level of caring that we have diminishes. It diminishes. We, it, disappear, it may even disappear altogether. Hospitality and the elements of our compassionate welcome are found at the center of each and every one of our lives. I think hospitality, as I told the session, is beyond our faith. First ministry that we can all perform. Hospitality is what we can do. It's the very being in ourselves. That's what the Spirit enacts in us. That's what the Spirit does in us. So that our very being can reflect and intertwine the relationships of the closeness of warmth and depth and durability amongst each other. Hospitality is the face of who we are. It's the first impression of what people see. It's the first impression of people that know who we are. Think about that. I walk up to you this morning. <laughs> or if I walk up to you and go, hey, how are you? The difference is amazing. How did that make you feel? You like Stephanie more than me. I know. <laughs> It's all about first impressions that, that are made. Now, you folks in Lake City, the first impression you made on me was how joyous, loving, and caring that you all are. And I'm not just saying that because I'm standing up front. We just about used every single one of those gift certificates that we had that you gave us last year. I have one left. One left. Because the place is never open when we go to eat lunch. <laughs> I'll bet you can guess which one that is. Ray's. I think it's Ray's. Is it Ray's? No. It's what? Skip's Deli. That's right. Yeah, Skip's Deli. And Ray's was the first one we went to. Hospitality, friends. Hospitality, unless I digress, is the face of who we are. It's the first impression of who we are and how we feel. The opportunity to achieve caring relationships is within our grasp. Yet all too often, if we left to our own devices, we'll, we'll fall short of those genuine relationships, those things that are distracting us, things that might be on our mind, like what are we going to have for lunch? When is the pastor going to stop talking? When is he ever going to get off? Is he going to preach too long today? Don't be distracted. Don't be distracted. Because we have developed a genuine relationship with God, as people of God, because God calls us to be hospitable. 
There are many things, many reasons and distractions that keep us from connecting with each other. Therefore, we need to receive God's embrace. Did you notice during the children's time, I had my arm? Did you notice that? That's how God is with us all the time. Always within God's grasp, always holding us in the palm of his hands, always embracing us in our lives in order to live in a proper response and fulfill our faith. That embrace moves us to live in compassionate welcome, especially with one another. It extends genuine hospitality. In these four short verses, when I looked at the lectionary, I said, how am I going to preach? on four verses. Oh, boy. Do you all want to beat the Baptists to the restaurants? <laughs> Jesus helps us steer away from our distorting others. Right? Dr. Mott said that. So that's why I brought it in. Yeah. Uh, there are false dependencies, false things that we look to, unreasonableness, unreasonable expectations, and unjustified hopes. Compassionate welcome means approaching each other through God. And it means giving up your seat at the table. It may mean giving your seat up in the pew for someone to worship. <gasps> but I've sat in that pew seat for 50 years. <laughs> your seat of worship of God. Yes, that beloved seat. It's inviting someone into the be in the space with you to share God's love, God's space and God's place that you've been invited to and so have they. A new relationship may be built just on you giving up your seat or moving over. God's space and God's place. Remember that. You have been invited to do that. Ours is then the call to pass on, to share, in a sense, God. We've received God, and what we experience, when we experience the love of God, the acceptance of God, we want to share that experience. As my son says, we just got to. You just got to share it. Hospitality puts the grace-filled hospitality of God's love at the center of our lives and at the center of what we look at, what we participate in, and what we do so that we might fill and share that love all around us. God's hospitality teaches us that close, loving, enduring relationships. How many of you have been friends for a year? Wow. Hi. Whew. All right. How many, how about two years? How about two years? Uh, how, about, how about 10 years? Have you had any friends for 10 years? Oh, okay. Whew. How about 20 years? How about 50 years? Oh, some hands went down. How about 60 years? 70? Yeah. Those are enduring relationships that we value. But they all start at sharing at the table, sharing at the, at the seat. 
Have you ever met any abrasive folks around here? Other than the pastor? As difficult as that is, you even have to share it with the abrasive ones, no matter how difficult that may be. The lively and sometimes maddening dynamic is the welcome that Jesus speaks of in today's passage. If we live in this welcome with each other, we will find the rich rewards of discipleship found in God. The gospel lesson invites us to reflect on and about the quality of welcome that you and I offer to each and every one, to one another within the body of Christ and the church. I believe it suggests that while we might find comfort to solace peace in gathering only those whose names that sound like us or maybe look like us, well, you don't want to look like me, but look, look like us, friends, that's where we have to expand our base, in and outside the four walls. We must turn our acts and signal our willingness to embrace and live the new way of being found in God. Although Jesus speaks of rewards in this passion, in this passage, we shouldn't be thinking about, we shouldn't expect that something will be returned back to us. That's not the way it works. We're called to do. God will provide, but we are called to do. Love is not always met with love. And Jesus is clear with his disciples, as I said last week. Last week's text was tough. Perhaps this love is met as crucifixion. It will be very difficult sometimes. And they will suffer persecution, and we, as we might. Perhaps people won't be as accepting of your food program as you would like them to be. But it's a great ministry, and we know that it's right. We know that it is. You might suffer some persecution. And I bet you you have already. My friends, you are all invited to this table. His table. The table that he set for you. The table that he calls us to remember what he did for us on the cross. Our sins forgiven. And then in three days, he rose again from the dead so that we might have eternal life. My friends, that is what we remember at this table. For he offered us the ultimate in hospitality. He saved us in salvation. Amen and amen. Let us pray.